Welcome to the Taco Brothers Podcast. We're two brothers from another mother come together to talk about what's going on in urban pop culture, sports, music, health, and real issues that face our community. All straight with no chaser and a splash of comedy. Are y'all ready to get this started? Here's your host, Go D and Smash. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Go D. It's your boy, Smash, coming at you. And welcome to the third episode of the Talker Brothers Podcast. What's going on? Oh, nothing much, man. I can't complain. Just ready for this uh, snow to melt once again and ready for this sun to shine. Yeah, I've been having a rough week myself, man. I've been having glasses issues, man. Had to go get contacts and all that kind of stuff. You don't understand what it means till it's gone. <laughs> oh, I, hey, I know the feeling. I can't do the contact because I just constantly blink when I got them in. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a glasses <laughs> dude all day. That's where I'm at now, man. I'm just waiting for my glasses to come in. I can get out these daggone contacts and get back to my norm. So what's good with you, D? Oh, not much, man. Just kind of in that mode of wheeling down to the to the playoffs, NBA playoffs, but there's no more college football. There's no more college basketball. We only got the NBA. In the next two, three months, it's them dog days of summer coming up. Yeah, college football, I see uh, they're kicking off with those spring practices, so that's always a good thing. I caught a couple of them. I'm waiting for, you know, I'm a big LSU Tiger fan. So I'm do, I'm waiting for uh, their spring game. Me, I may not take the boys down to go check them out. Um, we do it probably every other year to go down there and see them play. So we, we may uh, take that journey down to Baton Rouge. Y'all actually go down there to uh, Baton Rouge and watch them, huh? Yeah, yeah. We make a trip of it, go down and see my mom and, you know, see my family in New Orleans and drive up to Baton Rouge and watch the game and then uh, head on back home. Oh, that's good stuff then, man. That's pretty cool. So what we, got on, uh, what we got on tap today on the show, man? The main topic today will be the 50-year MLK anniversary of his death, you know, so we'll jump right into that and talk about that a little bit and really want to get the comparisons on how things that he were trying he was trying to accomplish 50 years ago and how it compares to what we have and haven't accomplished up to this point. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you can jump right on in and give me your thoughts. Martin Luther King was, first off, one of the most uh, influential people in America today. You take a look back at civil rights movement when he was there. He was a black man in a time where they had segregated everything, water fountains, bathroom, places to eat, everything. And he inspired a nation to try to stop seeing color and see each other as Americans and individuals, you know? And so yeah. I say remember his legacy. But yeah, on um, 68, he was assassinated in that Lorraine Hotel in Memphis, you know? I just look at it where we were then to where we are now. He's rolling over in his grave because, I mean, we're in the same spot that we were, you know, 50 years ago. I think about criminal justice issues. You think about economic issues. We still trail uh, whites in that aspect, and sometimes it's even worse, you know? But, you know, I, I know that we have come a long way, but we still have so much further to go. And so I understand where you're coming from on that point, man. That's, I mean, it's a shame you you would think in this country that we live in where other people escape their country to come live in our country. You would think there would be a better uh, stage or form of equality, but... Like I said, we still have so much uh, further to go. Sometimes you look at it, those that come from other countries into America, they get a better head start than we get. Think about the home issues. You know, if you don't own a home, you don't get any loans. So economically, we always striding behind those that have homes. We, we are, we're trying to like uh, perpetual renters. You know, if we don't, if we always renting and not owning anything, then we tend to always be spending, not actually saving. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I know uh, it used to be back in the day, people come over here 
and they get like the, a loan to start a businesses. And that's why you see a lot in the neighborhoods where the, the Asian community has, uh, you know, dry cleaners or convenience stores or whatever. And it just seems like like we can never get ahead. I mean, I, I do see that a lot. So I, I can I definitely feel your point on perpetual uh, renters. So you think about one in five black families have zero to negative network. You know, what I'm saying that's twice the rate of, of white families. Ownership is is huge. I mean, even for us to be able to take our own dollars and implement our dollars into into each other. Um, I, for me, it put us in a better position to to get out of that. But then you can't overlook the criminal justice fact, us versus the laws. I mean, if you're in a poverty situation, you tend to more want to lean towards crime to get out of that situation versus being able to have the chance to get a good education and go to school and better yourself on that front. Yeah, the, the crime aspect or the criminal justice aspect is just, it's harder for us. It seems like everything we do, is it's harder for us. I still have to think about what Martin Luther King did. You know, it's been 50 years, like I was saying earlier, with his speech in August, what was it, August 28, 1963, the March on Washington. I mean, just how he rallied 250,000 people in that audience, a live audience, as well as others watching on TV. He spoke some, you know, some good words and valuable words that we need to overcome as a nation. But like you're saying, we reached it, but we haven't overcame it yet. And that's my whole thing. It's more about we have a lot of things that's going on for, you know, for our community. I mean, you have the Black Lives Matter keeping the light in the forefront of what we're trying to accomplish. But at this point in time, we we just have to be able to uh, reflect on it and honor his, honor his legacy. But at some point in time, we have to be able to carry that legacy on. We have to be able to force change. And in order to force change, I'm sitting down with our kids and, and explaining to them about black history it's a very impactful thing to make sure that legacy gets carried on because you know if a story is being told and the person that holds that story is not passing that story on and they perish then that story is lost right so we have to be able to sit down and, and be able to, to generation to generation because i look at my kids school they honor black history but it's a black history you know there's not nothing being taught towards black history when february comes they talk about it they may do a little presentation but it's not really you're not really immersed in the forefathers that came before us on uh, getting us to this point where we are now whether it be sports education entertainment whatever industry that blacks were impactful for to get us to this point now you you actually bring up a, a very good point right there because i was just thinking like uh when i was in school like you said we we did celebrate martin luther king you know you do the january and then you learn about a, a few other uh noted african americans in during february during black history month but i really didn't get immersed into what african americans really did for america uh until probably my 10th grade in high school when i took a um african-american history class and that's when was that elective or was that a uh, required course <laughs> now, come on man you know it was elective they ain't they ain't just putting that out there for everybody <laughs> <laughs> you had to reach out <laughs> but uh you say, I, I need to know this yeah i just i found it good and i guess you could say like in that class today's word i was woke in that class because i learned like man we we did a lot for this country but it's not it's not out there because a mandatory class is like, uh, what is it, um, American history and all that stuff. Like, US yeah, U.S. Yeah. history. And it's like all you hear about is these other little wars and stuff that they fought and what other 
you know, uh, people have done, but you don't hear about the uh, community yeah. and what we did for America as well. You think it's more of uh, uh, trying to keep us dumb or just the fact that we just lose sight of it ourselves? I think we're losing sight of it ourselves. And I think we, we don't do enough in holding it up in the month of February. Like we don't do a lot of promotion of it. And when I say we, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying as a whole, as America and even in the black community, there are some that go out there and do stuff, but I think we just need to do it 365, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just think about um, the big aspect of where's Martin Luther King Boulevard. You know, it's not stretching out into our white communities. It's only stretched across the black community. So even you ask your parents, why is this street named such and such and such? You know, that question would never happen in, the, in a, a white community versus a black community because it's only stretching across that. Um, it's just those little different aspects that you look at. And, and I, for me, I just dwell on those kind of things. A lot because this has really hit home for me being at the 50th anniversary. It just made me sit back and think and start reading and researching of, of trying to give some kind of comparisons to where we are now to where we should be or where we could be going. But it just seems like it's just so much glaring evidence that's out there that's just showing me otherwise for me that, that we're aware of the situation, but we're, we're just so hard to overcome the situation and get us into a position where being uh, in economic strains and being caught up in the judicial system as a black man or a black woman in America that it's, it's just we can't overlook it and it has to be continuously spoken upon and continuously bring it to the forefront to make make sure that uh, future generations can continue on to make it a better situation for us all. Like I said, you, you made it some good points. Only other thing I would like to acknowledge how much Martin Luther King accomplished in his young age the brother died oh, yeah. at 39, man. I'm I'm 40. I look at it too. I'm I'm a 40 plus year old um, African American. I hadn't accomplished half the things that he's accomplished. Exactly. Where he can reach out across America and, and unite um, blacks into identifying and recognizing and trying to overcome our struggles. Through the course of time, things seems to get put on the back burner to where it's really not a forefront issue. It's it's an issue, ongoing issue, but there's really no no remedy or no uh, plan in place for us to be united as one to be able to uh, overcome this. And and for me, it's just, I'm always gonna say, uh, you know, black owned, black run, we'll definitely be able to overcome that. And you know, I just look at how empowered we were and how impactful it were for us to all rally around the Black Panther movement and, and the masses propel that into such a, a blockbuster movie. I just wish I could see that type of energy on the forefront across the board for everything that encompasses uh, black folks and everything that we trying to accomplish as black folks, that type of energy and that type of uh, dedication will be put forth day in and day out. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I know we wanted to talk about Matt Barnes and this thing on Stephon Clark. So what's your, what's your take on this Matt Barnes? Cause that involves the criminal justice uh, thing that we're talking about here. Well, let me, let's get one thing clear. When we talked about doing this story, I was like, ah, oh, Matt Barnes. But then I had to sit back and really think about it. Listen to some of the shows that he's uh, actually been on as far as interviews and stuff like that. The perception for me of Matt Barnes didn't meet the reality of what Matt Barnes really is. You know, he had that perception of this defensive player, hothead, always in trouble on the basketball court. It seemed like he was on trouble out of basketball with the Derek Fisher issues and his foul language. But then listening to him now and understanding who he is as a man made me look at him in a whole different light 
with him with the Huey Newton Black Panthers biopic that he's producing, fighting to be a good father, and just listen to him talk about basketball outside of the game, and then now see him take the lead on big kudos to Matt Barnes. If you listen to Matt Barnes, big ups to you, man, and continue doing what you're doing, and I look forward to seeing that Huey Newton Black Panther biopic and how he can portray that story. He's been excited about um, that story being told in the perspective of of us, not of what um, history may want it to be told as, you know? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I I knew about Matt Barnes, (laughs) ironically, through um, watching the first, I think it was the first episode or first season of uh, Basketball Wise, seeing him on there with his uh, wife at the time. Gloria. Uh, yeah, you know you were you were just a big <laughs> reality reality TV junkie. So you you miss me with that. Hey, so, sometimes you need a little ratchetness in your life. So what would y'all call it? Ratchet? Which uh, ratchet Mondays? Uh, trash trash TV. You know you got trash. <laughs> you got to watch it. I mean, it, sometimes it make you feel better about yourself. I don't know. You you feel like you're going in the right direction. It shows it. Sometimes it shows that money, you know, money ain't all what it's cracked up to be. You know what I'm saying? But, that's true. That's true. But, you know, <laughs> Matt Barnes has been known as the, uh, I, w- I would call him the new age bad boy. You know, back in the day, it was the Detroit Pistons or or Dennis Rodman, as you want to say. But, like, Matt Barnes, is like you uh, mentioned, he's been in trouble on and off the court. The way he stepped up with this uh, Stephon Clark. And for those that don't know, you've probably been sleeping under a rock or something or just ain't been paying attention to the new but Stephon Clark, he was a 22-year-old black male, basically gunned down by police in his backyard. They thought he had a gun, but it eventually they found out that it was uh, his cell phone. And now these cops haven't been charged or anything. I think there's a pending in investigation. But this uh, young guy left behind two kids um, when he was killed. And so what Matt Barnes did is uh, stepped up and started a scholarship fund for his two sons. And I, I, th- I think that's very commendable of Matt uh, Barnes to do that because in this tragedy, these kids have lost their father, which they're going to need that male guidance in their life, and they could go down the wrong path. We've all seen it happen before. What could possibly happen now when Matt Barnes is doing this is he's he's actually saying, look, my brother, you have a future. You know what I'm saying? I've already provided this. Go get your education. Yes, because at the end of the day, it leads us back to the first story, and that's why we played it like this because we want everybody to understand and how it impacts, how just that small gesture and that small scholarship is going to impact those boys in the future. Had they not had someone step up in their lives and say, hey, we, we want to make sure that you guys are in a better place going forward, possibly those kids would fall to, to the tragedies and the negativity of, the, of their community. So now they have something to look forward to and that's kudos. There was other guys, Boogie Cousins stepped up as well that wanted to do, reach out and do as well as others that wanted to make sure that happens for these two, these two kids. That, again, being able to have that economic impact, ease the burdens and ease the stress of those kids being able to be educated and developing themselves into productive young men going and going forward in their future. Oh, definitely. And that's part of the reason. And Like I said, I think everything we talked about is in conjunction with what we talked about earlier. But a lot of times, uh, as young black males, you feel like you don't have a way out. You're just a product of your environment. Right. And, you know, right. it's like, I can't go to college because mom or dad, they don't have the money to send me to college. But with him doing that, I said, these uh, young guys, they have a future ahead of them now. 
now. They just got to make sure that they do their part because uh, other people are yeah. looking out for them, you know? And it's a cycle that needs to be broken, man. It's a cycle that economics, regardless if we want to do it, education economics, to me, is two of the main keys to not having to have young adults struggle trying to accomplish everything. You're going to have to be educated and you're going to have to have some kind of, I won't say educated, but you have to have some type of skill set to be able to maneuver and better yourself in this America because nobody's not handing anything to you. So you definitely have to have people like Matt Bonds and others to step up. Like right now, if I was financially able, I would want to do the same thing. You know, right. so he has the financial means and the financial backers to be able to do that. And I commend him. He, he can't help everybody, but trust me, there's enough of us out here that if we all start on that front and move forward, because I'm big on helping out the community from the grassroots level, because without those roots, the tree can't grow. So it's, it's always good to see how these millionaires and billionaires are always donating money to whatever college fund, whatever it may be. But I think it's kind of getting lost because how can that kid go from being a toddler and going through elementary school, going through high school, and then be able to get that scholarship. If that financial windfall doesn't happen from the grassroots level and help them mature going up to college, then that I think that will take care of itself. So I think that's kind of being missed upon all of us, how impactful that gift of scholarship for those kids is going to help them. But I hope that not only that helps them, but also that they have some kind of backing from Sacramento where they can be able to get those kids into a position to where they won't use that as a burden more of a springboard oh yeah and the one thing i do really like about this too as i uh, looked a little bit more into it is that matt barnes is going to take this uh nationwide so kids unfortunately kids who whose parents fall victim of a senseless cop shooting will uh have this opportunity so this uh this thing he's starting is good. I, I can see it taking it off. I mean, on one end, it's sad that he had to do this, but on the bigger spectrum, it's good that he did start it. What they say, like through every storm, the sun will shine. Afterward, this the sun shining. And with that, man, I mean, let's go on and get on into the fun part of this, because as y'all know, on the Talk Talker Brothers show, we like to bring the positivity that's going Absolutely. on in the community. We want to always keep this light and fun, but we also want to bring perspective to hot topics that that affect our community. This here is what we call all our <laughs> our five likes you know everybody got their five bikes we got our five likes um we're gonna do this over cross of tv shows music whatever aspect that we could put five likes on it we're gonna do it we sat down in our quasi production meeting <laughs> if that's what you want to call it but outside of this guys if you don't understand that me and smash and smash and i go back and forth on all kind of topics outside of this podcast and it's like man we can never seem to get to the negative topic of where he agree and I disagree or vice versa and I think sit down relax pull yourself a drink because I think here it comes so <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to agree to disagree on this one but uh, this was a, it was fun for us to be able to put this list together hope that you guys are, are weighing on you know in the groups and on us social media that let us know what you think about our list and, and share us your list as well so go ahead smash give me your top five and you know I don't know yours you don't know mine and let's see how see if we can meet somewhere in the middle on this let's make sure we we break it down for for the fans we we talking about sitcoms here what do we agree there's gonna be the value where we uh, do the sitcoms like we got the replay okay. value and go ahead and talk replay about that value. like how often you can right. watch it right yeah all right i'm trying to make sure we on the same page right here now uh, we on the same page <laughs> we on the same um, page make sure that we can you can watch it over and over and over again yeah so, all right so overall entertainment value right so, all right that's just a, it's a good show no matter 
Where You Come From. It's a good show. And then this this one is a big one to me, uh, cast and chemistry. You know, you got to have a cast and chemistry. Let's just say, you know, uh, everybody remember Family Matters when the little girl went upstairs and never came back down. <laughs> you know, they took her off the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, did that mess it up for you? Yeah. Probably not. I mean, it kept you think going. about shows like uh, The Fresh Prince. Right, Iron Viv has changed, and I, I like the first Iron Viv more than I like the second Iron Viv. And you know, some people may disagree or, or agree outside of the show that people find her abrasive, but the, the show just didn't seem the same to me when they changed that cast and character. You know, right? No, I agree because I, I like the the first Iron Viv too. I like her because she was more of a the mom type of mom that I knew. All right. right. So, and then the last way we judged this was the show's longevity, meaning. Basically, uh, you know, the show is in syndication. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to have 20 or seasons or more or whatever. It's just in syndication and people of all ages have been able to watch it. You know, like, let's just say the Andy Griffith show. So we don't want to get it twisted. Replay value, <laughs> overall entertainment value, casting chemistry and show longevity. So now that we got the criteria out the way, go ahead and let me know. And tell the world your top five. Man, so my top five. Should, should I do it from five to one or one to five? It, it don't matter. <laughs> Come on, let's let it out the bag. It's not like we give it out our category. <laughs> Just go ahead and give it out and let us know what's going hey, on. They handed me the envelope now to tell you. Nah. Um. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go one to five just to keep it chronological. All right, number one would be the Jeffersons for me. I, I like the show. Number two would be The Big Bang Theory. Number three, The Simpsons. Number four, Martin. And number five is Sanford and Son. So that's that's why I'm going to roll up my top five. Before we get in discussion, let's hear your top five so we can go on and get cracking with this. Well, I'm kind of surprised because we are almost, we only off about one. My number one is The Sanford and Son. Number two, The Big Bang Theory. Number three is Martin. Number four is The Simpsons, and number five is Good Time. So what's funny is, remember we talked about it, we said we're going to do a top ten, and then we only going to do a five likes. The Jeffersons was my number six, so I mean, we actually agree on something else. So I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be a big, of a big of an argument today, but tell me why your list comprises of the shows that you pick. Well, with The Jeffersons, I like it. Like I said, I, I got it on this right now. Like, pretty much, I think it's all the season, the whole show on this. But it also comes on on TV and I watch it. And to me, it was inspiring to me because I saw uh, a black man or family start his uh, business from the roots, grow it up and be successful. And I was like, oh, okay, that's something positive I can look at. And then no disrespect to anybody, but I like the fact that the man got away with saying honky on TV. You know what I mean? Like that was just, that was amazing to me. He's I was like, like Mama, can you get away with man? saying that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? If I. If I said honky, my mom was finna like, I'll be way your that shit out, you know right? what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I like that fact. And I mean, the show was just uh, original. Like, you haven't really seen a show like that since, as uh, far as him being successful, businessman starting from the ground up, coming from where he came from. Then the next one, uh, The Big Bang Theory. I just like that, man. I don't know if I got a, like a piece of nerd in me or what, but the, the writers and the cast man. complimentary is just phenomenal. It's Man, that is, I don't know. For me, a lot of my brothers and sisters look at me crazy when I say I love the Big Bang Theory, but it's just such good comedic writing. It's always, 
you think that you you heard the last joke and it, it hit you with another one. What's his name? Sheldon. Oh man, Sheldon wears me out. I mean, and, and it's just so funny to hear him how he just tried to keep it black and white. Like he only sees things black and white. He doesn't see everything in color. And it, it just makes it for a funny show. So yeah, I, I love the Big Bang Theory. That's one of my all-time favorites. Now, actually, Sanford and the Son and the Big Bang Theory on who would be my number one. I had to go with Sanford and Son because as growing up as a kid, I remember at night I had a 10 o'clock bedtime and it was actually Sanford and the Son and the show that was called Benson. Yeah, I that like came Benson. on from 10 <laughs> to 11. Nice to remember me and my brother getting in the room, making sure mama closed her bedroom door. We would cut the TV on, put a blanket over top, and trust me, folks, I got many butt whoopers trying to watch this Sanford and Son. So, but even now, you know, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm channel surfing, and Sanford and Son comes on. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna stop and watch the episode. And my wife looks at me crazy. My kids look at me crazy because I'm laughing at this show like it's brand new. You know, they look at me like you didn't see this a thousand times. But every time I cut it on, it's always oh, yeah, funny to me. Samuel Son, I, I had to agree with you because I, I look, I got that on uh, disc and tape as well because that's, that was just another show. I mean, one of probably if we did this, he, Fred Fox would be one of my top five comedians. You know what I mean? So I just, yeah, I just like the way he did and the characters that was on there because that was like, I don't know, it was, it was kind of what I was seeing at the time. You know, I had Bible toting aunts on Esther. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Fish eye food. Yeah, it was just just stuff like that. So it was it was it's a good show. I, I agree. I just couldn't put that number one though. And everybody had the drunk. Yeah, everybody got one of And there, so everybody knew Arallo. Yeah, so Arallo, right? The kind of his best friend. Hey, hey, when you need something on the low, call Rallo, man. Call Rallo. What up? Matter of fact, I got call Rallo hit Charlotte myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the next one, The Simpsons, I put in there because The Simpsons, man, I think that's been on ever since I, I was little too, you know, maybe seven, eight. I don't know when it actually came out per se, but just to see the way it evolved. Because when it first came out, they had some weird animated characters. But now, if you see it now, it's like, yeah. it's longevity. I mean, but um, my kids watch The Simpsons now. I watch The Simpsons. Me and my wife watch The Simpsons. So it's just like, dang, you know, it's it's one of the shows that we actually record, and it's still funny. That's why I had the Simpsons up there. I put them on there for the same reasons. When the Simpsons came out, it was more of like, uh, we only watch cartoons on the weekends. How dare they put cartoons in prime yeah. time? But it worked, you know. It's one of those shows that you look at it. It was, you know, you had your rebellious son and Bart, and it was just a funny show. And to see that it's been in existence since 1989. Do you realize that's a, that's long, a long time? time. It's like one of the longest running shows in history, whether it's cartoon or whether it's just regular TV. You know, it's, that show was uh, funny all the way around, man. So it, it had to make the list just because, not even if you didn't like it, just for the fact that it was just such groundbreaking material and that it's still laughing, having generations laugh at it over and over and over. Yeah, it's you know? still on. And it was actually a video game. I bought the video game and me and the family played that. So it's actually a good show. Was it any oh, good? Yeah. Honestly, was yeah, it any good? Yeah, the game was good. It was actually uh, challenging at, at times, but it was a good game, man. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. Who who was the main character? Boss Um, I think you could play with either one. I, I can't even remember, honestly. It's been so many years, but. That mean it wasn't good then. You can't remember. Nah, it, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I know we both, uh, I can't remember where you had it ranked at, but I got Martin at number four, like I said. 
I had you have three. three. At three. At three. Why you have it hired? I had Why Martin above the Simpsons and Good Times just because when Martin came on the scene, a lot of shows like Martin has spawned from that type of black sitcom. I mean, Martin was was impactful from adults to kids because it didn't matter no, no matter what happened. We never seen this before. We never seen him putting out you know all these different characters. Before I go to that, who was your favorite character in Martin? Um, man, there was a lot of them, but. Wow, one of them had to. I, I probably like Bruh Man because I just like how he just came down and ate well, Bruh Man was a. I'm talking about one oh, of the Oh, you talking about Martin characters? Yeah, oh, one of his man. Characters. Probably Jerome Rome, man. <laughs> Jerome Rome. Jerome in the eye. Yeah. Oh, you know, because. The player from the Himalayas. Them old school players, man. Like, they don't ever go out of style, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, I liked you? all of them. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I liked a bunch of Sinead Day was funny to me. The little kid Roscoe was funny yeah, to me. Like Dragonfly Roscoe. Jones. They were all, I mean, he just, and for him to be able to play all those different characters and, and have them all to be funny, and you always look forward to seeing them, uh, the show was just groundbreaking. So I had to put that at number three for me because it was just, I don't care where you were or what you were doing, you knew what time Martin came on and everything had to cease to exist and everybody gathered around the TV. I mean, you, you weren't any internet, it weren't any uh, social media, things like that. So you couldn't wait to get to school or you couldn't wait to get to work to talk about what you saw from the Martin show the next day. It was So it was kind of groundbreaking and, and it's uh, right now, you know, I own the DVDs and, and I watch it in syndication uh, whenever it come on as well. Oh yeah, I mean, like you said, it. It was groundbreaking. We did uh, gather around. I want to say Martin came on a Thursday night and we gathered around and just watch it. Like you had to, you stop what you're doing. You might be like, nah, I can't, I can't get with you today, bro. I got to go home and watch Martin or something, you know? Man, it was so, <laughs> it was so good, man. I remember, I remember my parents used to cook a special meal to watch Martin. You know what I'm saying? It should be, any other time it used to be dinner, you're going to eat what we serve. You're going to eat what you, whatever we put on the plate, that's what you're going to eat. And that morning, <laughs> when we get ready for, for school, she was like, well, what you want to eat tonight? You know, Martin, come on. I was like, well, dang, Martin, appreciate you. Because <laughs> I, I could pick what I can have for dinner tonight. That's perfect. You know, so just for that fact alone, <laughs> Martin should have been number one for me. But I put him at number three. <laughs> who, was your, who was your four and five? Um, well, that Martin was my number four and five was Sanford and Son. So we, we covered the Sanford Sun. So uh, that's a, that's what rounded our minds. Jefferson's Big Bang Theory, The Simpsons, Martin, and Sanford and Son. So for me, it was Sanford and Son, The Big Bang Theory, Martin, The Simpsons, and Good Times. So who was your number six? My number six, this, this was tough with me because I, I struggled. I went back and forth between six and seven. And seven now is good. Honorable mention. Seven now is good times. But I had to put married with children up there because i used to always watch married with children and they they were like when they came out they were groundbreaking too because they were uh people a lot of people wanted that off the air for stuff they said and stuff they did so <laughs> al was a al was abrasive <laughs> and al taught me that it's there's nothing wrong with putting your hand down your pants when you're watching tv man like <laughs> so i mean like you know 
I learned that ain't nothing wrong with that. It's, it's a it's a human nature thing for all males, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I had good times because it was a comparison of the Jefferson. The Jefferson just showed the rich side and love and being black and like you said, you can call somebody a hunky and get away. With it. <laughs> James was like the epitome of the angry black father. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just trying to work 13 jobs. I don't know where he found enough time in a day to work all the jobs James had and then all the pitfalls of them being able to to make it you know so it was definitely my number five just for the fact that it was a, the characters were more relatable you understood them more oh, yeah. than you could understand the Jeffersons that was something you were to aspire to be but good times were like man that's where I'm at now I can't pay my light bill good God you know what I'm saying you, good times. you and your brother sharing the bed yeah good times you know so it was uh I had to put them at number five. That's another show that I can put on right now. The, the chemistry between the cast was always good. It didn't switch over. I mean, you think how Penny getting burned with that iron, you yeah. know? Oh, Janet. Just resonated across all of America about you know child abuse and putting light on those type of subjects. So I, I was surprised overall that that I I didn't know your five and you didn't know my five and then just to see that we were actually in sync for us to be able to agree on a list and it's only by minus plus minus one that says a lot that's that's crazy yeah now i, I do i do have one that's an honorable mention that that was the al bundy that's that one your honorable mention no i'm just i'm saying it's the last one on the list that i could have oh. put a lot of other things but i think the only reason i put this show is because as a young heterosexual male i, th I thought about living that life when i grew up old three's company Living with two women. I mean, oh, <laughs> really? And Jack had Jack that, Triple. He had that funny type of uh, comedy that I liked back then, like the Three Stooges type of comedy, you know, where he fall down and all. So I, I like that type of stuff. So he, that was that made the top ten, but very ten, and and that could be arguable. So, but yeah, I mean, my I had a bunch of other shows on there. I mean, I had Thirty Rock. I had the Cosby's on there. I had the Jeffersons. Uh, I mean, there's so many good shows, but by us going by the criteria, that oh, yeah. kind of limit me to where who could make the list and who couldn't make the list. But but overall, shoot, we can probably go for a top 100. I mean, I was looking at some websites where we were doing research and looking at certain uh, outlets. They had shows on there that I was like, huh? Gunsmoke was your number one? How? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I guess it's just the company that you keep. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm like... Gunsmoke would be my number one show, but I, you know, I guess to each his own, you know. And, and, it, and it's your environment too, uh, you know. Some some people didn't grow up having those black shows in their house, so they, you say Martin, it'd be far fetched, but you know, a lot of people. It might be somebody out there ain't never watched it because it was a black show, you know what I mean? So. Oh, yeah. I mean, even my kids now, they'll sit down and watch Martin. They don't really understand the impact it had on us as as uh, being their age. Um, but it's a, such a show that it's so funny and it's 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 timeless, you know what I'm saying? You got to look at shows that's, that's timeless, that no matter what generation, now you didn't have to even tell your kids, hey, take a look at this. This is something that they found on their own. On their and own, like, yeah. hey, Dad, you, did you watch Martin when you was growing up? 
growing up and then you can have that connection with the funny resonates across generation to generation that's that's huge you know i think sanford and son the big bang theory the simpsons good times the jeffersons the shows that were in our top five those types of shows are priceless and the funny can can go over generation to generation so now i bet i bet one thing i bet your kids ain't sitting around watching no gun smoke <laughs> that, that definitely ain't no gun smoke. that's for sure now my dad i mean he rest in peace my dad you know he was a big big uh western even my now i think about it, even my father-in-law is a big western i don't know why it's all the black guys love cowboys westerns so I, I mean i guess that's what was on tv when they were growing up but he would right. watch it and we used to always go to kids go over see my mom and my dad and they would be like ah pops watching gun smoke you know he watching uh westerns again you know so, <laughs> yeah so I, I think that's where that comes nah, from it had to man. be somebody older in my pops generation your pops generation that was actually uh writing that list gun smoke number one get out of here <laughs> i know right <laughs> Hey man, this this has definitely been a good and fun episode. Uh, like you said, I wanted us to argue a little bit more just to show them how we really be talking. And I mean, sometimes the way we be arguing about stupid stuff like this show's ranking, you would think we getting ready to fight yeah, each other. <laughs> definitely. But it's all good, man. You know. Um, but I, I've had fun this show today, man. Um, you got any comments or you know wrapping up do you have anything you want to nah, say i just can't stay tuned we we always grinding trying to find hot topics and different things for us to talk about we always wanted to be you think about talker brothers we always want to think about positivity we always want to think about we can always look at the ratchetness as, as smash and say <laughs> we want to always we want to look at the positivity of the culture you know so again drop us a line on facebook drop us a line on instagram um follow us as well drop us a like um, join the community, man. There's a lot of people in the community right now that, that are active and talking about things that we want to talk about, even enlightening us to things that we don't know. Again, I don't know everything. Smash doesn't know everything. But together, I think we can we can try to uh, make a difference in our community some kind of way. Most definitely, man. Um, like, like you said, go out there on social media. Tell us how you feel we were wrong on our top five and put your top five out there. And next next thing you know, we may make a show about it, you know, but uh, definitely right. keep the positivity going. Let everybody know that we do do other things besides what we are portrayed as on TV. So let's just keep the positivity going, people. So with that being said, much love and we out. Doing it in 3D, you know. Let me put on my sunglasses here so I can see what I'm doing.